what we do here is go back, 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 back. Welcome, welcome to the Hustle Sold Separately. We are a weekly podcast dedicated to all of you amazing human beings who have been following me for a very long time, or what at least seems like a very long time, but I always say the anti-status quo, innovators, entrepreneurs, hustlers, producers, artists, people in and around the world that just want to do their thing, they want to do it their way, and often at times you are misunderstood, laughed at, looked at as crazy and thought of as like, that'll never work. Uh, and if you're misunderstood, you're definitely understood here. I get you, my uh, my guests get you, for sure they get you. Here we're really about kind of defining whatever success means to you. And I always say we don't glamorize or glorify end success. You guys know how I really feel about that topic um, because success is sometimes stuffed down our throats uh, you know, from media as like, this is what it should be. And I always say it should be whatever you want it to be. Um, and it's a very arbitrary word, you know, so don't let the metrics and the titles and all these other things fool you because it's really not about that. It's really about like you kind of, you know, grounding down into your soul and doing what's right for you. So, uh, for my day ones, I appreciate you guys six years deep on the podcast. Uh, appreciate the 6 million downloads that we got to for any of the new listeners. And there's been quite a few recently. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, just a quick introduction. I'm Matt Gottesman. You guys can reach out at Matt Gottesman on, uh, Instagram. You guys know, I answer each and every single DM text reply response on the wall. It all started on HDF magazine. We're 130 K deep over there. Uh, all, all of you original people since eight years ago. And I appreciate you guys, man. It's a, it's a massive, um, it's a massive journey. And uh, if you guys have any questions, you can always reach out. And, uh, you know, we've got another really amazing guest today. I was just telling him before the show, I came across him about a, a month and a half ago. And instantly I was like, that's the kind of energy I want on the show. Because <laughs> you guys know, for any of the PR companies that, li- that listen, listen, like I love you guys. You guys send me a lot of stuff and I appreciate it. But a lot of times it's me who goes and picks the people <laughs> because I just love the energy of people who are like just really in their whole authentic selves. But some of you PR peeps, I appreciate you guys. You send me some good people too. So, um, and this week we got Vic Blends, and he's an entrepreneur, most sought after celebrity barber and hip hop and founder. If you haven't checked out his profile, and maybe even before you finish listening to this, go check out his profile. Um, if you know, because you guys hear me preach about energy and like being direct and being honest and being um, straightforward and being uh, transparent about the journey and like leading from your heart and actually doing the right thing versus kind of like what, you know, society sometimes says like, no, go be like this. This guy, in my opinion, uh, does it completely like his way. And I think that's the most important thing that I try to stress here. And we're gonna be talking about patience to the game. You guys know how I feel about this topic because um, that's what this all is about. And you can't rush anything First of all, you can't rush anything that's meant for you, period. Uh, That's a whole other spiritual thing. But in general, um, there's a lot of beauty in the patience and in the long game and in understanding who you are, understanding what you really want and why you want it versus simply trying to be visible and popular and validated 
and verified and all these other things, it's never really going to be enough and it's never really about that. And so you appreciate things, which is one of the things we're going to talk about. You appreciate things very differently when you actually do them from um, a learning of yourself in the process, right? And so, as I mentioned, you know, Vic is one of the most sought after celebrity barbers in hip hop. And he's a personal barber for hip hop stars like Lil Baby, Nelly, NLE Choppa, as well as uh, NBA stars Dennis Smith Jr., Cam Reddish, and many more. He's also a respected entrepreneur, is the CEO and founder of the Vic Blends Online Barber Academy. Um, I, for some of you guys that are out there, go check that out. Actually, check that out, Vic. Like, that was uh, th- your, your testimony. Like, the people who are like a part of your community, damn, they like, it was like, 50 100 deep of just people really like um sending love to you like actually being a part of it and actually caring about them uh the academy teaches the uh men and women how to cut hair uh, how to be a professional barber in addition he's sold his own hair product and plans on launching another one soon he's built his business from the ground up it's a true he is true true self-made entrepreneur that name that those words get thrown out a little bit every now and then this dude actually did it and started cutting hair at a very young age in his mom's garage and within just a few years he was cutting top celebrities at 22 years old and although he's best known as a celebrity barber he does use his platform to channel his newfound passion of motivational speaking and encouraging younger generations to follow their dreams because he did it first and i really respect that what's up brother i appreciate you being here man no, I appreciate appreciate the intro, man. You killed it. I was like, probably the best intro I ever had. <laughs> ah, may you always remember that too. I love, <laughs> I love when I hear that. But it's also, it's it's here, to, it's here though. Truly, I, I know when you're when you're on the go and you're constantly building and you're constantly, the accolades like you celebrate for two minutes and then you're on to the next thing because you're just in your purpose. So I think along the way we got to celebrate people and that this is a this gets to be a chance to also celebrate you. That's why the intros, you know, it's the way it is, man. I appreciate you being here. I was love, bro. Likewise. Yeah. So um, I always say, you know, the first question is the only question that's ever the same. How do we get here? Because you're you're young and lived a lifetime already. You started young, which I love because you already were grounding in your passion from a very early age. I think sometimes people see a young age and they go, oh, well, you know, that happened overnight. Like, no, the dude started like over a decade ago. <laughs> you know, it's like so people don't always see that part. So you can go as far back as you want, but like, how do we get here? Like, how did, how did all this, you know, kind of come about? And then we're going to talk about some of these, you know, other lessons and stuff along the way. Yeah, man, I, I always started working uh, at a young age. And I would say that my drive really to be my own boss and, and really just provide for myself uh, started around middle school time where I remember getting clowned on from other students and people in the school for, you know, not having the newest release phone or not having any Jordans. And, you know, I got three other siblings You know, I got my sister that was a little bit older than me, my younger brother. And then I got a other older brother as well. So I'm kind of in the middle of four. So I was just so used to just, you know, having my, my siblings get things too and, and watch my parents grind and put things together. So, you know, those things were just never frequent to us. You know, we live pretty good. You know, I ain't gonna say we struggled, definitely didn't struggle. We, we were doing okay, but you know, regular middle-class family and, I just remember, you know, kids at school that would, you know, flex certain things or say things about me. And, you know, I would look at what they have and I'm like, man, to me, it's like you're flexing something you didn't, it's not yours. You know, like your parents bought that for you. So that was the first thing in my mind where I was like, man, I think if you ever want to be proud of something, man, you got to create it for yourself. So that started early on in middle school where you know, I was getting picked off for not having the nicest things to me want to buy those things myself. So whenever I do have something, I can say that I earned it 
and you know started getting my first job at 15 years old i was washing dishes uh behind in front of my house in the back of a restaurant you know i was my first and my, my only you know real job that i had and you know from there i was flipping shoes you know i used to mow lawns hustle you know i i never even told the story before but like i used to do anything to get money i used to go door to door with like a jar with like a fake story man and i tell people like yo I'm saving money up to go to like summer camp this weekend uh, or this summer or something, man. Like, can I mow your lawn? And I would go to houses that already got their lawn mowed. So like, I knew they didn't want their lawn mowed, but like I would try to get them with like a story. And this is like super young, like 14 years old, like just trying to do anything I could to get a dollar because, you know, I wanted shoes, which is the first thing I got into. So, man, I, I just wanted to buy them myself because my mom didn't want to buy no Jordans. You know, my mom from Russia, she didn't understand like the sneaker culture. So... I started really getting into that and trying to figure out any way to hustle that I could, man. Mowing lawns, I was uh, flipping shoes, I was selling things like in, in all the buy sell trade groups on Facebook for, for for my hometown, and you know I just really started hustling then. And you know, going into high school, you know I had so much I, I would say like people skills and so much like you know a little bit about life because I because I worked in a restaurant with all these older guys and I was always around the barbershop growing up, so. You know, I wasn't the best in the books, right? I didn't have the best GPA, didn't have the highest test scores, none of that. But I felt like I knew more on how to hustle and, and provide for myself than anything. So, you know, there's no help for that, though, going into college, right? They don't give scholarships out for the kid who works the hardest outside of school. They give the scholarship to the kid that got the most highest grades. So I, I was like, damn, you know, it, it kind of sucks that I'm working hard trying to provide and do my own thing. And, you know, I'm not saying I was a dumb kid, but, I just didn't excel to the point where I was going to get all the, all this help for college. And I didn't want to see my parents have to pay for it and have to go through it again. You know, I watched my mom work in a gas station overnight, work two jobs just to provide for my brother to go to college. I didn't want to put them through that. You know, my dad's military and, you know, we got the GI bill, but my sister want to go be a nurse. So I'm like, yo, I'd rather give my sister the GI bill so she can go ahead and get a nursing degree and then leave something for my little brother. So I'm like in the middle trying to like, yo, I'm going to figure it out for myself. And I was just trying to figure a way to, to, to not put no pressure on nobody. I didn't want to be a nuisance to my family or anybody else. Like I wanted to be responsible for anything I had to create in my life. And coming into my senior year of high school, you know, they're putting the pressure on you. You know, what's your decision? What you going to do? No idea. You know, I just knew that whatever I was going to do, I wanted to help people out and I wanted to make a change. And that was always instilled in me, you know, from early on. You know, even back in middle school, where I first discovered Eric Thomas and started listening to motivational speeches to get me hyped before my track races or my boxing matches. Like, I was always in that motivational mindset and just trying to push forward and be positive for people. I just didn't know what lane it was going to exist in. Hmm. So coming into senior year, I got my parents telling me, yo, you got to go to college. I didn't know what I was going to study. But my one, my one worry was, how was I going to make money when I went to college? Because I was working in a restaurant for so long. So... I remember sitting in the barbershop and asking my barber, what do you think I should do for a side hustle in the college to make some money? And he told me that I should learn how to cut hair because if I learn how to cut hair, I can make money for the rest of my life. Mm. And he didn't tell me like, that's what you got to do for a career. But he just told me like, hey, like barbering is going to be something that's never going to go away. Doesn't matter where you're at. Doesn't matter what country you're in. As long as you know how to cut hair, hair is universal. It's never going to change. The hustle in me was like, oh shit, like, I'm tired of doing these little side hustles. I'm tired of like mowing lawns and, and, and serving tables. Like I want to go get money this way. You know, I grew up in a barbershop, Barber Kings in, in Hope Mills back in Fayetteville. And I was always, you know, be around the barbershop culture, seeing, seeing all the barbers with cash in their pockets all day. I'm thinking like, 
this is the, this is the thing to do. So I started learning, you know, how to cut hair so I could make a couple bucks. Um, and I remember the first day that I made more money than I made the check for my job was the day before the first day of senior year. And I made like $234. I remember exact. I made $234 that day cutting. And I was like, damn, I make that in two weeks, you know, working at the restaurant. Like I could do this and be straight. So that really got me started on thinking like, man, I could probably make a lot more money than I think. Man, I started learning throughout high school uh, that senior year. And I just wanted to be okay enough to go and give a decent cut in the college dorm. You know, I went all the way to the college. I, I, I signed up for classes. I paid for the classes. I got the lanyard. I got the book bag. I got the, the hoodie for college. I'm all like ready to go thinking like this is going to be my life. And then, you know, last minute, I, I knew that inside of me, that wasn't the best choice. And I knew that wasn't where my heart sat at. And I, I had to tell my parents last minute I couldn't do it. You know, I ended up pulling out. I got a refund for my classes. And I told them I would go to barber school. And I was like, yo, when I finish barber school, I promise you I'll go back to college. But I got to go to barber school now because I feel like the moment of time that I have now is not going to come again. Yeah, I can always go to barber school later. But the time I have to be as young as I am yep. and to create something that nobody else could create with my, with my age, that was never going to come again. I could always be a barber 10 years later, but I can never be a 19, 20-year-old barber doing the things I'm doing at this age. This time frame is, is very limited, and I understood that. So I felt like I would miss out on an important part of my life if I didn't do that. You know, God gave me spiritual confirmation that barbering was going to open a lot of doors if I took it. So I made sure that, you know, I followed that intuition. I followed my passion, and I went straight to barber school after after high school. And now we're about two going on three years since I, since I finished barber school. And it's been the best decision of my life. I've in total been cutting hair for five years and it's, it's totally changed my, my life and a lot of people around me. So, you know, I'm grateful to be here. That's, you know, short story about, you know, how we got to where we at. Yeah, man. Well, I was, I was uh, taking a couple of notes that I thought were really, really cool. First of all, um, <laughs> I feel you when, uh, when I was a kid, that's how it was for me. Like constantly like flipping. I came from an all entrepreneurial family. They always made their, their way. Family's originally from like Russia and Europe. So I get it. And uh, but from New York, like Bronx, New York is a very like, you know, it's a <laughs> so my, my, my pops are from Boston yeah. um, and then my, my mom is from Russia. Yeah. So my dad, my dad's from like sec, like Section 8, like the projects. And he had to join the military to get out of the hood. Yep. You know, he met my mom a career, took my mom and my older brother from Russia, took them back to the States. Like some real some real man stuff. And that's why my dad's probably one of the realest I ever met. But. You know, he, they come from a very humble beginning, yeah. so always figuring a way to make things happen. But I think that also played a huge contribution. Um, people don't realize that, like, kids absorb everything. You know, I feel you. My father went into the military because <laughs> he was just trying to, like, position for him and my mom. They went around the world. They paid for his college degree to become a lawyer. He wasn't even sure, like, do I even want to do this? And even then, it was very much like... Son, I love you. You're gonna have to go figure it out for yourself. <laughs> you know, like, but that's, but I, I, I really, I really, I really respected that man. Integrity work. He's like, it's all work. Do whatever the hell you want, whatever you want. Don't, don't pay attention to all this noise. Just go. You know. So these type of men figures in our lives early on, we're very, very fortunate. We're very lucky. You know. Yeah, as hard as I feel like the battle was between, you know, my parents telling me you gotta go to college, you gotta go right. get a degree, you gotta get a job. I remember the day that, you know, I went and, and, and applied to barber school, you know, my dad sat me down and he told me the last thing he said after we've been arguing for months was, hey, if that's what you want to do, make a plan 
and go do it. But all I want to see is you stick to your plan. Yes. So I remember when he told me that mm. and I was like, yo, you know, it makes a little bit more sense. Like we always, you know, have this issue with our parents when we think they don't want to see us achieve the dream. But I look at it from my parents' perspective in their shoes and they want to know as a parent that they raised their kid yeah. and gave them enough tools to succeed in life, you know, long after they're gone. You know, my parents don't ever want to say that they raised their kids to and, and left them with nothing. You know, so it's not that they don't want to see me chase my dream, but they want to make sure that I'm going to be safe and secure, yeah. be able to ride and, and have a family of my own one day. So it's not that, you know, they didn't believe in my dream or they didn't think I could do it. They just, as a parent, you got to play the safe game. You got to make sure you did your part in raising your child the best that you can. And as they become an adult, they can make their own decisions. And, you know, I, I thank God that it worked out for me. You know, it's probably a lot of kids in a situation where, you know, it didn't work out, but uh, I never wanted to hold that against my parents thinking that, they didn't support me. They didn't do this because I see a lot of people that do succeed. And, you know, that's their sob story when they make it right. is that my parents didn't, they hated me. My parents didn't support me. You know, after I proved to my dad that I was going to be able to support myself financially to the point where I can't have a family and we'll be straight, you know, he stopped, stopped bothering me about it. But I have to prove it to them because your whole life, your parents are always going to hear you say, I'm going to be the next Superman. I'm going right. to be the president of the United right. States. I'm going to be Batman, all this crazy stuff, firefighter, whatever the case is, like, they hear a million things. So as you're getting older, you tell them like, hey, I'm going to be the biggest barber in the world. They're like, okay, that's just another one of those phases you're going through. Right. So well, oh, go ahead. No, 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 no. Flow, flow. I'm nah, just saying like, you got to prove it to them. Yes. You know, that that's what's going to make your parents and your, and your family really see it as like proving it to them physically. Because again, they just hear so many things as you're growing up. You brought up a really good point, though. Um, we're a reflection of how they're doing. And I think a lot of people don't always take that into consideration. And so it's like, yeah, okay, you could say a lot of things, prove it to me. And, and secretly inside of them, well, not secretly, but they're like, please prove it to me. Please prove it to me. Because like, that's a, 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 a kind of a temperature on how I'm doing, or at least I think how I'm doing as a parent. And they take that on themselves. I didn't realize that until later on, until like, you know, my pops and I had those kind of talks. I'm like, oh, shit. You know, like the critical thinking taught critical thinking, like the age of five, like son, got to make decisions, got to stick with him no matter. What. I'm like, I'm five. <laughs> you know? so he's like, yeah. got to learn to make decisions and be comfortable with them either way, no matter what happens. Think, always be thinking. I, and, you know, the other thing I really respect when you're saying the GI Bill went to your sister and then whatever could also go to your little brother. I like the fact that and you're saying, like, I, I just I want to take responsibility for myself. I, I feel like. That's the part that sometimes a lot of people are missing. It's like, first of all, that was massive respect to you to be thinking about like, hey, it's not just me and any decision that I make. There's other people here and I can show respect by being like, if I'm unsure here, why would I keep this good thing from other people I love from excelling? So I like that that notion. And then the fact that you're like, hey, I got to be responsible. I think I am being responsible I'm making these kind of decisions for these specific moves. And here's what I believe will come from it. Um, and I think that that's what's missing from sometimes a lot of people, you know, I, like that are dealing with kind of playing the victim or just like their their, their false narrative. I'm like, listen, I was like, I, I would love to tell you that someone's coming to save you, but they're not. <laughs> it's like, I love to tell you that. But I'm going to tell you right now. And you wouldn't want them to because it's about the relationship you're having with who you're becoming. And you kind of want to get to know who you are while you're like, how would I do this differently? Yeah, I can complain, but how would I do this differently? Let me try to do it my way. Let me see how I can like figure out the puzzle, you know? 
Yeah, I, I like putting that. Like, I, I, I was so confident that it was going to work out that, like, those decisions, you know, it was easy for me to put my, my family first and, like, people that I love in front of me because I was just always trying to better myself, you know. So I was always, you know, in any situation, you know, just, hey, take the bet on yourself because I, I just had, like, again, spiritual confirmation. I, I felt it. You know, and everybody does. You know, everybody's always got big dreams, but um, and I was so like persistent on you know these things were gonna happen for me. And yeah, again, I thank God every day that it did. You know, now my sister's an RN nurse. Uh, she she graduated. She's in Alaska with her husband. And shoot, my brother is is about to graduate. He's going into his senior year, and he's gonna make a decision too. But you know, I, I'm I'm grateful that I was able to save those things for my family too. But you know, I always better myself. You know, I uh, love the the fact that you brought up. Uh, spiritual confirmation and I heard you say that earlier too um, and I, I always like touching up on that in some ways as well um, I'm always very I love business I love spirituality I think they kind of blend uh, you know everywhere actually spirituality blends everywhere I think that sometimes people, you, you made a good point everybody has it in them but I feel like you know sometimes people try to complicate understanding spirituality I'm like no like you know like your soul like your soul is your guidance system. It's your GPS. And there's, you know, there's help all around you, whether you know it or not. How, how did, how do you feel like, how did you define that spiritual confirmation? You, you just, was it, is it something you just felt? Is it something you grounded in and kind of like from a soul level? Like, I'd love for you to kind of expand a little bit on that. I know, right? Man, God, God be trying to, God almost be killing me to give me these signs, man. Like it's, it's been yeah. a lot of situations where, it's, it's near death to to really like put me in, in these type of uh, realizations. So, you know, the, the, when I knew I had to be a barber, um, not necessarily just being a barber, when I knew I had to take this path, uh, I remember like I had called my family to a meeting because, you know, I'm like, yo, I'm going to be a barber. This is what I'm going to do. Ask my family to sit down with me. And I, I told them like, yo, I'm going to be a barber. I'm not going to go to college. And they all drilled me like just straight. <laughs> yelled in my face. My dad spazzed out on me in front of the whole family. I'm sitting there crying and not thinking that, you know, the world is against me. Next day we go to school and I'm, I tell my, my, my best friend, Justin, I'm like, yo, uh, I need you to come with me for lunch. Like, you know, we would, we would go, you know, high school, you would go in your car and like you would go off campus, grab lunch, sneak off to go grab lunch. So I'm like, yo, Justin, uh, ride with me at lunch, bro. I got to talk to you. And I, got, I really just got to vent because it's my best friend. So, you know, we get into the car and I just broke down. I'm crying. I'm like telling him, like, I had the worst, you know, talk ever with my family last night. I feel like I'm, I'm on, this, on this island by myself. I'm literally breaking out tears. But I'm telling him that, you know, God is telling me to be a barber. And if I don't take this decision, if I don't take this sign that he's giving me, I feel like I'm going to miss out on something mm. super important for my life. And I said that word for word. Now, in the midst, in the midst of me saying that word for word, we're at a T intersection. So we got to go left, and this is the hill right here, and this is where we're coming in at. So the hill's kind of going up, and we got to turn up the hill. So our, our light turned green to go left, and, and one of them 16-wheel trucks, one of them big Mack trucks, like Optimus Prime, fucking you know, little Amazon joint, mm-hmm. blows a red light, and, and it's coming towards us. And... It was in the middle of me telling my boy, like, yo, if I don't take this, like, you know, God is, he's, he's telling me to, he's telling me this in open lot. If I don't take it, I'm going to be missing out on something. In the middle of me saying that same phrase, I, you know, I see this truck coming like to our face and, and, and it's so close. It's probably, you know, for me to the wall behind me, like, I'm thinking there's nothing I could do. Like I almost to the point where I didn't even try to step on the gas because the truck, like I just expected to get hit regardless if I stepped on it or not. 
But, you know, by the grace of God, I step on the gas and, and we get out, you know, with nothing, you know, and if we don't clip nothing, I, I at least expected to clip the back of my car and, and spin us or something. But, yo, we made it out and it was the it was the scariest thing, you know, being 17 and like just like, oh, man, we almost got hit. Mm-hmm. But, you know, after when I got back to school, and, and I couldn't even get out the car because at first we're just like, oh, man, close call. But I start piecing it together. Like, what was I talking about in the midst of that happening and, and what that realization was to me? And, you know, I took it literal. I took it as, you know, a could be my day, you know, and I, and I knock on wood when I say that. I don't like to, you know, speak on those things, but I'm also a realist when it comes to, like, our timing and right. that I want to make sure that every day when I wake up, I'm pushing towards something I believe in, something that, you know, fulfills my purpose because you never know when the last day is going to be in. The last thing you put out will be the last thing to tell your story. So I want to mm-hmm. make sure every day I'm putting effort towards that purpose and after that, it, you know, was above any decision my parents could have made. It was above any other influence or opinion of somebody else. Like, I had to do that, and, and that was by the grace of God. So, you know, I followed every spiritual, you know, sign that he gave me, and, man, I, I just walked in my faith. I love that, man. The last thing I put out is the last thing I want to tell my story. If this was it today, your last episode of your podcast was the last thing to tell, yep. talk about Matt Legacy. So, that's a. Uh, yeah. Well, and that, that's what I was thinking when you were saying that. And I felt so good um, because uh, everything I put out has to be like from my heart, from my soul, my my best at that point in time and better and better and better and better and better. But from a place that I that I'm always going to be proud of. So I felt when you said that, like, yeah, it's that's actually that's a that's a fact. Um, and then uh, and I like the fact that, too, you were saying you start to become present. Like, what was I talking about when the sign came in? And I think sometimes people don't equate the two. Um, they just be like, oh man, did you just feel that? Like we almost got, you know, hit. All right. And they just go right on. But you were like, whoa, 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 whoa. What exactly was I saying right at that time? You're like equating the two because that's, we really do live in a world where signs are actually coming at us all day, every day. We're actually having conversations with God consistently all day. You know what I mean? And people are like, I didn't ask for that. I'm like, you did, but in a weird way. And then maybe not the way you wanted it, um, but it was delivered, you know? So I here, here, I got a question for you. How did, you know, I know we kind of fast forwarded a little bit then to, you know, and here we are today, but like what um, some of your clientele, how did that start coming about? What was the relationships that were built to get there? Yeah, the first relationship that, that I created um, in that space was, you know, one of my closest friends I got, Dennis with Jr. You know, of course, we're both from the same hometown, Fayetteville, North Carolina. You know, Cole just dropped his album last yes, night. Yes, he so. did. I've just been listening to it all morning. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a good Friday, but um, I met Dennis the, the week he got drafted. Mm-hmm. So I never knew Dennis before the NBA, just growing up with Fayetteville. You know, we didn't have that relationship. I, I was on one side of town. He was on the other so I hear about his name coming up, like as I'm learning to cut hair. And I was actually cutting a guy that used to train him. His name was Rel. So Rel would always tell me in my mom's garage, like, yo, training this dude, you better go to the NBA. And I'm like, yeah, I hear you, bro. Like, you know, I hear that, I hear that like a million times in the field. Like, you know, <laughs> I hear that everybody's going to the NBA right. in the field. So I, I, and it's not that I doubted him. I just don't know. And I'm so focused on trying to cut hair that, I'm hearing these things, and it's just not what I'm focused on. It's not what I watch. So, but I work in a sports bar. So I'm in a sports bar one day, waiting for my food to come out of the window. I look up at the TV, NBA draft, number nine draft pick, 
Dennis Smith Jr., Dallas Mavericks. I'm like, damn. I'm like, <laughs> that that Red was talking about. I'm like, this is crazy. So uh, the next week, I'm sitting there at the counter again, you know, doing my thing with the, with the food, and I look at the front of the of the restaurant, and I see like Dennis, like like walk right past, real quick, corner of my eye. I'm like, yo, the dude look familiar. So I go to the bathroom. And I look at him, and I and I I, I walk watch him walk in the bathroom. I'm like, oh shit, that's Dennis Smith Jr. Like, that's shit. That's who we, everybody was just talking about. So, I just you know he walked me to the store, and I kind of waited around the the bathroom on the outside. Not like I'm waiting like at the door, but I'm just kind of like kicking in that area because I'm like, yo, when you walk out, I gotta bump into. Him. So I'm sitting there chilling, and at the time I'm a server. I'm not even a real barber yet. Like I'm just a server, and I cut in my mom's garage. So when he come out. I kind of like turn and bump, and I'm like, hey, yo, you Rails boy? So I dress him as Rails homeboy. Right. Not from Junior because I right. wanted to understand, like, we got a mutual. So we're to open a, a, a little bit of comfortability with, like, hey, we got a common interest here. It's not like I'm just, oh my God, Dennis and Junior. Like, I'm like, yo, you know Rail. He like, yeah, yeah, it was good. And I'm like, shoot, nothing, man. Like, of course, congratulations on the draft, but, you know, I'm a barber. You know, I cut Rail in my, in my garage. and. You know, I want to show you my work and just give my car in case you ever needed the cut. I just had to shoot my shot. I'm in the restaurant. It's quick. Like, you know, you got to go ahead and get it out. So first thing he said to me was, he said, oh, yeah. He said, yeah, we're from the same city. So if you help me, I'm going to help you. That was the first thing he said to hmm. me. And, you know, you don't even know me. So I, like, try to pull my phone out, show him my, my haircuts. Phone ain't loading. I ain't got no data. I'm, like, getting nervous. <laughs> I'm like trying to show him, like, yo, this is my work, and nothing's loading. Right, right. I'm like, yo, let me give you my card. So I had my, my business cards, um, and I would give them out to the tables and stuff. And I reached into my, my wallet, and I had one business card left in my wallet. It was the last card I had, the last card. And again, it's like God's time, but it's, it's so divine that who, like, my last card that I had, I could have gave it to any other customer that was in there eating that day, but that was what my last card went to. He was like, all right, Ben, I got you. And I'm thinking, he like, yo, I got you, whatever. But, you know, he walk out the restaurant and he texts me in like 10 minutes. And, you know, ever since then, uh, we've been locked in. I go on like a four-year relationship. You know, we, we, we end up growing into like, you know, real family and brothers. And shoot, man, I couldn't last for, you know, anybody better in my circle. Like, it's been a true blessing, especially on, you know, my journey of success. You know, June's watched me from my mom's garage to where I'm at now. So he's watched like the transformation happen. And again, like it's it's good to have people at that level of success that can give me game and just give me guidance on, you know, how to handle certain things, especially coming from the same hometown and what it feels like to come back home and experience different opinions and, and all types of different energy. So, you know, it's been it's been a true blessing. But that was the first person that I ever cut. You know, June took me around and, and I've seen a lot. You know, all types of people, all types of celebrities end up cutting a bunch of other NBA guys from whom started a bunch of good relationships, but. You know, he was like my first, you know, actual client, and you know, now we're just family. But it's a, it's, a, it's a big blessing. You know what I what I like too is um because you're already very grounded and you're not just the fact that you said yo you Rails boy, um I hear you when I I first started working in the music industry years ago before I got out and you'd be around you know. Janet Jackson and others, but you treat them like human beings. I'm like oh hey like you know how's it going today and they're like, good. I'm like oh I'm Matt. <laughs> you know, they're like, I'm Janet, <laughs> but everybody's usually because they're treating them like on a pedestal. And I'm like, 
the, the, the goal is we're all humans having a human experience. And I thought it was cool that you're like, I'm just acknowledging you for the, the thing that we have in common, a really good human, another good human being who keeps telling me about you. I'm, I'm glad I get to finally meet you. And I think that level of groundedness, what I've noticed, especially as you get around a lot of these other people, they they like that you just are treating them like a normal person because we are all like souls having a human experience, you know. So I think that was cool. And I can only imagine then when you started seeing all these other people and they were like, yeah, I, I dig your character. I, like, they may not say it that way, but that's a lot of times what it is because they, they, you're giving them space to feel like chill like normal relief like ah oh, he doesn't want anything from me other than to like really hook me up with what he does really well you gotta have genuine intentions with every relationship you yes. build yes. so when you have those genuine intentions you know real recognize real and the second that somebody spots something that isn't genuine yes you know, really you could really ruin your relationship with that person so and i make sure that everywhere i go it's it's with a genuine heart you know you gotta put your camera away a lot of times man you gotta stay low relax and, and live in the moment Sometimes I feel like people miss out on living in the moment because they're so caught up in capturing yes. the moment and, and trying to share it with others that they don't get to enjoy it themselves. So that's one thing that I'm very blessed about what I do now is that I live in the moment for a lot of things that I do. And that's why my focus has been building my personal brand rather than building a brand around the people that I'm around. Yes. So uh, I'm, I'm glad that I found an in on creating content around myself that people love. But then that allows me to just keep my private life with these great experiences and these, yes. these people I'm meeting as something I get to really live in and appreciate. And I didn't do that, you know, a lot of times when I first started because it's so crazy to me that I'm thinking it's never going to happen again. And I'm like, man, I got to do a picture everything. And I'm like, man, let me just live and, and appreciate being here in the now. So, you know, that that's super important. And again, like like I said, genuine intentions that will take you to furthest for any relationship. Yeah, and I love what you said about the personal brand. And it's, it, you know, it's interesting because it's only in more recent years and I'm like, all right, let me people kept asking for the person behind the bigger brand. I'm like, all right. But I feel like it's like this publicly I'm of service privately. I'm, you know, of to the people, my circle and people around me or the experiences that I have or in respect to some other people who are very public or whatever it might be. And I, I like, you know, what we do in private allows us to also have a life, but publicly I'm of service. And that's where we can have any kind of conversation in that realm or all those things. Cool. But privately I get to have the the circle and whatnot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. My, my boy, Benny, the butcher, uh, one of his uh, verses, he said he, he sold his story to the world. And that's kind of how I feel when, when, when you, when you have a, a brand that people appreciate yeah. and look to you for, for things, especially as like an artist and like, I sold my story to the world, which is like everything he does is about him. So like for him like, to have his career, yeah. it's telling his story through his music and like yeah. his life experience is now out in content in terms of music. But, you know, it's like, like us too, like I sold my story to the world. Like my story is allowed to, you know, motivate other people and, and be an inspiration for, for, for the young generation. So, you know, everything that I go through is like, you know, it's, it's out there for the world now. You know, and the other thing, too, I wanted to pay tribute to, uh, again, to your whole point about God's timing. It was really interesting if you connect, like, and I know you have, but for anybody listening, connecting those dots, right? You're in the restaurant. You only have one card left. Uh, the fact is, the, the it sounds real, right? Like but, it's, but, it, but, but it's, it's divine timing. That's like, that's the, like, I tell people all the time, like, just pay attention to the universe happening around you at any given time. Like, you saw previous week, 
him on the TV and you're like, oh shit, oh, oh yeah. And then here you are a week later and he walks right past you. That has nothing to do with coincidences. There's no coincidences about that whatsoever. And then you only have one card left and it's just like, and, and there's a thing that I, I always like to say, you can't say the wrong thing to the right person. You can't say the right thing to the wrong person. So you, it didn't matter that you didn't have, like, you know, the phone stuff wasn't coming up and you're like, oh man, uh, well, here's my card. It didn't matter. He's like, cool. And then he like, cause the, the, he was the right person, the right friendship, the right relationship for you. And then sure enough, 10 minutes later, he contacted it. it, it, it you can't say the wrong thing to the right yeah, person. Like, you, you know? don't believe me. And for anybody that listens or new to listen, like I, I, I know how corny, like it sounds to somebody that doesn't like, you know, get it, but I, I can't even make it up. I like, know my last business card, you know, that car was literally about to hit me. Like all these things were so like, oh man, this dude gotta be making this up. I'm as regular as it, as it could get. I understand. That's, it sounds so corny. It sounds like, wow. oh, man, this dude got a little, you know, exaggerating the, the sob story, whatever the case is. Like, man, I can't make it up. And I, and, it, and that leads me to, to, to it only being a higher uh, higher power. Like, things just happen like that, man. And I take it for what it is. I don't ever question a sign. So, like, I get it. It sounds crazy, though. Like, nope. I definitely hear that all the time. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it, I think it does the general masses. But I think more and more people are kind of like, yeah, there's something here, isn't there? Like, yeah, I encourage you to do the same. Like, start tapping in a little bit more. Like, we all got a we all got a path that's actually much better than the one that maybe we're being force fed a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> you, know? Sure. you know. Um. So then you you know so you you traveled around a little bit with um you know and you saw you got to meet a bunch of other clients and other things like that. What started happening between? What, what were some of like the next progressive steps in both what you're doing with barbering and then deciding to create the academy and then, you know, and because you're very active on media, um, which I, I tell people all the time, like, for whatever it is you do, just be active on it and like show people, like have fun with it, you know. So I would love to you to kind of tie all those things in together. I mean, the biggest step that I took was getting out the hometown. Yeah. I started growing my social media while I was in Fayetteville and even if people were to find me online, they couldn't get to me. Mm. Like, I'm out there in the sticks. Like, even if somebody in Atlanta, LA, or whatever the case is, like, especially being a barber, it's, it, I'm telling you, it's rare that you're going to get flown out for a cut. Everybody thinks like any celebrity is going to fly you everywhere you go. Like, <laughs> it's not how it works. You got to be accessible. Yeah. So, I want these relationships, I want these opportunities. I got to be somewhere that people can get to me at. So, the first step was getting out my hometown, and that was like a huge turning point for me. And I knew it was something I was always going to do. I just didn't know where or exactly, you know, how to do it. I just knew I had to do it. So I thought about Atlanta. You know, a friend of mine down here gave me the opportunity to come work in the shop. He was like, yo, if you want to come to Atlanta, like, man, I got a shop. Just, just come out and, you know, you can work. So I took the opportunity and, and never really thought a lot of Atlanta. You know, I didn't even think that. I didn't even think about the, all the opportunity Atlanta had. I just knew, like, man, this is bigger than what I'm doing here. I'm going to go and take it. I didn't go and tour Atlanta before. I, I didn't spend time in here. I don't got no family here. I never spent my weekends here turning up and none of that. Like, I just knew, yo, my boy gave me the opportunity. Let me go and take it. So I drove up on my, my one day off I had on the week, which was a Monday. And I found the first apartment under $1,000 that would, that would take me in on the day I wanted to move in. I didn't tour it. I just said, yo, how much is it? Can I move in on this date? I'll take it. I ended up getting a one-bedroom terrace floor apartment out there in Marietta. It was roach infested. It was a, a, a waterfall coming out the ceiling. You know, it was it was in a 
Section 8 housing. Like, it was really, really bad out there on Franklin Road, if anybody know where that's at. So it was, it was a really bad spot that I was in, but I got out there. Nonetheless, I got out there, and that's all it took. So you know, I got out to Atlanta, and, and then instantly, you know, it seemed like it was almost instant. But like I said, you got to be accessible. you got to be able to align with the people that you're trying to work with. You know, I, I'm going to be fighting against myself thinking I'm going to just make difference in my hometown. Like I'm going to bring everything here. Like, you know, a lot of people don't make it in their hometown. They make it out their hometown. Right. You know, like Jay Cole, he went to New York, made it in New York and then brought everything back to the Ville. Like he, those opportunities just don't exist staying where you at sometimes. And just being where we're from, you can't get this like quicksand. You know, the longer you stay in, the deeper you're going to go. So, I knew I had to get out and I had to go and see things and experience the world. And I think that's why I'm so grateful for the career I had. I traveled a lot when a while I was in favor. So I saw what opportunity was like in big cities. And that's a lot, of, that's something that a lot of people that grew up in those small towns don't really see is the actual opportunity available for them. So luckily I knew that when I got out, it was going to be better. And as soon as I went to Atlanta, I mean, it was just like, even from the day one, the first three hours I got there, I was already cutting artists in the studios and, you know, I was making it happen and networking and doing everything I could. So, I, you know, that was a big what I like though, too, is that you're never taking, you know, if you're constantly operating from your gut and moving, you're never um, sitting too long in thoughts. It's okay to take time to think about like and reflect on the next move. But a lot of times I think people get too caught up in their head and they like think of every type of scenario, every type of this. And it's like, I, I will, I will, I will say this though. Like, of course, like, don't overthink things. Right. Definitely think things out. Absolutely. Like, I, I am a strategic planner and a yes. strategic executor more than anything. Yeah. I didn't get up in a, from a, uh, out of Fayetteville to Atlanta with, with no money in my pocket, just out there in my car. Like, I absolutely struggled. Like, I would never advise anybody to do that. Because that's not even, that doesn't even make sense. Like, if you if you feel like you want to make a big move in your life and you want to take the next step, plan it out. Write it down, yes. strategize, like, and, and go and execute that mission. Yes. But don't just hop out there because I'm gonna talk some motivational bullshit to you on Instagram and get you all hyped up to go and put your, put yourself in a shitty situation for your life. You know, some of these people got kids, they got families, and they're looking at my motivation. And I don't ever want my passion to influence somebody to put themselves or their family in a worse situation than where they at now. Like, by all means, go chase your dream, but chase your dream when it makes sense and do it right. Because the last thing you want to be worried about when you come to a major city to change your life is if you're going to keep the lights on or not yeah. or where your next meal is going to come. That doesn't allow you to grind and hustle and, and get better. With, when I came out to Atlanta, the only focus and the only worry I had was the grind and was my career. And that's why I was able to excel so quickly in two years of just being here, less than two years, because the only thing I had to worry about was the grind. I wasn't worried about how I was going to eat. I saved my money. I wasn't worried about where I was going to stay at. I saved my money. I, I, I made sure that I was straight before I came out here. And that's why I had so much growth really quickly is I was really smart with it. So that's why I always tell anybody like, yo, if you want to make a big move, don't listen to those people that are like, man, just do it. Like right. <laughs> two weeks, three weeks, it was straight, man. I, I grinded, but I'm here. Like, it doesn't happen like that for everybody. You go to a major city, you're going to put yourself in a bad situation. If you don't save your money and then you're going to look at Vic Glenn's like, well, damn, bro, you got me all hyped up and now I'm, fuck, now I'm homeless. You know, I, I appreciate the transparency um, and uh, and, you know, sharing that with people because I, I, I <laughs> you know, I, I came I came on uh, Insta back in 14 
And so I, I was part of that initial wave before the algorithm changed and all the other stuff. And I, by accident, got grouped with some of those motivational people. I'm like, no, 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 no. And a lot of times, too, they would just steal quotes. They wouldn't actually write their thoughts and like think through like, hey, here's what I've gone through in my 34 30, or 32 years of experience at that time. Like, I'm like, no, you know, I, so I, I hate that. Shit. I hate and, those. I, I hate the, like, the yeah. copy some motivation shit. And right. It's, it's, it's crazy, you know, because you, I, I've got a real genuine like care for the people yes. that look up to me and I want to give them like yes. real advice, not the basic shit I think people want to hear. Like I want to put it out there through experience. And that's all I ever can do is talk through experience. But, you know, my, my favorite rapper, J.D. Kiss, you know, his bar yeah. is, I can only speak through the things I've been through. Yeah. Well, and you know, and I wrote about this yesterday, hardcore, because I know there's a lot of shit going on online right now. And I was writing about influence and I was like, you guys do not understand the responsibility that comes with influence. And I'm like, and the number one group of people that don't are the so-called influencers, because you can't just pick a side without even being a part of a culture. You can't just say that this is how a fact is unless you're living it. And even then, even then you have the duty to say, listen, here's my experience, but I need you to critically think for yourself. And here's how I come to these things. So I like the fact that even you were, you know, you were saying like, hey, even on my page, it's like, I want to, I want to inspire you, but more so like I always say, I don't want to, I don't want to enable you. I want to empower you. I want you to think, think, think about it. Like, like, what do you really, really want? Why? How are you going to execute? How do you get from point A to B? Hey, here's a way I, I approached it. And it gives you kind of a, an innovative way to look at something, a different perspective from leading by example versus, you know, yeah, you get a lot of people that I think just like, you should do it. And I'm like, are you? <laughs> you know, I love some of these travel influencers who've never been to any country. I'm like, I'm sure it worked out for them. But how could you say that when the situation was somebody else, but when they don't come from a family that could get them if, they, if yeah. it goes left? They got kids, they got responsibilities, all different types of things. Like everybody's life is different. You can't yeah. just copy paste somebody else's success. Exactly. So you gotta really look at your life and, and make a decision based off your responsibilities and things you got going on. Nobody is the same. Nobody is going through the same things yes. I'm going through. And for word for word, like we might have similar things that you know we, we go through in adversity, but uh, everybody's situation was definitely different. And, and I can never, I, you can't just give somebody that copy and paste bullshit. Like, True. yo, chase a dream, but plan it out. I could give you like, uh, you know, all the gems and all the knowledge of how I planned it out for myself, but you got to take your own life and, and, and weigh out the, the pros and cons. So I love that. Uh, my, my pops, who's like one of my biggest mentors, he passed about a year and a half ago. And I remember my moms and I, we were talking probably a few months afterwards and, and, uh, we're talking about problems and she was like, you know, it's funny. She's like, if the world were all in front of each other to take out their problems and put it on the table, they'd all take their exact same problems right back after looking at everybody else's. And I was like, ooh, she's like, everybody has something. Everybody has something. And everybody thinks that they want the other person's life. And everybody thinks that they want that same path. But nobody does. When they really comes down to it, when they put all their problems and when they put out their life onto the table, they all going to look around and be like, yo, I think I'm going to just, <laughs> you know, take it all right back and work from there. But and I, and I like that you're bringing up about, you know, with motivation, it's very simple. It's um, every single person has a different path. You have to take the variables that you have. You have to think about 
you know, how do you like remove any of the excuses? There's always a way. It's just that some ways are, every way is going to be different than everybody else. And there's always gonna be different variables. Like you say, like some people are married with kids, some are single, you know, no debt, you know, there's so many different routes. And, and I think those things always have to be taken into consideration, especially when it comes to influence. Cause people try to influence, like you should think like this. And I'm like, well, you're no better than, <laughs> than like mainstream media or whatever, or like, or just, just people in general, like no two people are the same. And I had a, I had a, um, I, I, one of my clients gave me a gem, man. Uh, uh, Nelly actually gave me a gem. He told me that you want people to listen to you because they feel like they had the choice to, not because they were forced to. Yeah. And that was that changed everything in the way I thought and the way I present my my motivation, my brand is that I can't tell nobody what they have to do or what they should be doing. Like I can tell you, you know, based off my experience, I want my followers and, and the people that that see it to feel like it was their choice to follow it or not. And not just like shoving down their thoughts, like you have to be on this path, you have right. to do this. Like, yo, I want people to follow me because they believe in it and it was their choice. Because everybody wants to be independent. Nobody wants to be, be forced to, to move a certain way or, or 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 follow a certain path. Like everybody wants their choices in life. Yes. So when I present my motivation, I always try to speak from personal experience now instead of telling people like, you should do this, you should do that. You know, I had a video like a couple of weeks ago that went super viral, yep. you know, talking about like, yep. I would rather spend 20,000 on my family than 20,000 on the watch. And a lot of people don't even realize that, you know, I spent thousands of dollars on, on a bust down chain and, and, and jewelry before too. But from that video, they look at it as I'm telling them what they should be doing with their money. And even though it was a, a valid video and I spoke facts, and I spoke truth, I said nothing wrong. My delivery could have been way better to not offend somebody that made the same decision, not knowing that I did the same thing before as well. So thinking about my delivery and the way you present this motivation is super important because Again, you want somebody to listen because they got a choice to. I could have worded that video and said, hey, you know, I also spent X amount of money on, you know, jewelry. Once I got it, I realized that it felt better putting it into my family, take care mm-hmm. of my community versus me saying what they should do and what I refuse to do. Even though it, it did great, you know, I always look back again at my work from a week right. ago, last week, yesterday, like how can I make that better and, and, and improve on it? So. Um, like I'm a student to the game of, you know, how to prevent my, my, my content and just the way I speak and present things. But yeah, that was that was a gem that changed everything for me is that you want people to listen because they had the choice to not because they felt like they had to. Yeah, I, it's a true point. Uh, looking back at content sometimes and delivery and um, well, and I feel you because sometimes there's this balance of like, hey, here's what I learned in this instant. And here's what what f- feels for me. I want you all to do whatever makes you right for you. But like I noticed when I spent money here, here's what happened. When I spent money here, here's what happened for me. And I couldn't have that context of how this feels without spending it elsewhere. So in a lot of ways, it's really cool if people do like, oh, but I wanted to do this. Like, and maybe you should, because the contrast actually will help you understand the balance of both sides. Where, how do you feel when you do this? Or how do you feel when you do B, A and B? And then you can, and then that's how you raise yourself as a man or woman. You, you see both sides, you know? But I feel you. I, I, I had a piece of content. It was probably a few months back. It was. Uh, it was. It went viral. It was the fifty thousand dollar client, five hundred dollar client, and everything got ripped off by every guru. Uh, and like, it got. I mean, people got. Whew, some people took it really, really, really hard. They're like, "Oh, so you saying if I only have five hundred dollars, like, you know, I'm not a good client?" I was like, "That's not what I said." <laughs> I was like, story <laughs> like." Oh, like fuck you, it's my my Rolex or whatever. Like I'm like, bro, it's, I, I got a chain too, bro. I spent my money super too. Like I'm not saying you're wrong for that. Like everybody right. does saying what you know 
to me would have more purpose and, and, and value. So some people took it wrong as well, man. But you live and you learn. You know, right. you put it out, you grow from it. So. Well, you know, and, and the cool thing is your community always will come to your back. That's also probably something you probably noticed. Your community will always be like, Yo, you know, like pay attention to Vic. Like, no, no, he means this. He means that you're like, yes, yes. You know, like you, yeah, it's I your crew. People attention to intent and not always action. Right. And I think it's something that, you know, we, we, we could be at fault a lot as humans is that, you know, we look at the actions that, th- that people do and, you know, actions are important, but. Sometimes actions are mistakes, and I, I want to look where that person's heart was and what his intent was before he did that. Yeah. You know, if you know me and you watch any of my clients and you just know my story, like you know, my heart's in the right place and I got genuine intentions for whatever I put out in the world. So you might look at that video and think, "Oh man, he said that this way," but you know, where was his intent with the video in the first yes. place? You know, did he have a genuine intention? Did he want positivity to come out of this? Like, why did he put that out there? And I always look for people's intent and what they do. That'll make me uh, help me make a decision on you know, a, a judgment of, of, of character or whatever I feel like about this person is like, mm-hmm. hey, where, where are they really at, you know, so. Intent is everything too because um, when you know where you're coming from, it helps you stand in your conviction when like others, if they try to come out, if most people take it good, but if somebody takes it wrong, you'll be like, and I'm here to talk about it if you'd like, you know, but like, you're, like how you're receiving it's not how I'm intending. It doesn't make me wrong. It just, and I want to stand in that conviction as, you know, as a growth in my heart. Like, I, I love how, like, what I mean by it. But I'm, I'm open if you want to have that conversation for sure, you know. Uh, yeah. Right? yeah. Um, and then, okay, so then the barber, because you mentioned, you just mentioned a minute ago, like, even when you're academy, like, how did that start? When, when did you decide? And I, and I, I get that world very much, you know. Um, especially being able to have a community online and, um, you know, bring them all in and, and teaching them from there. What, uh, how did that, how did you decide to make that move? Yeah, so I made that move back in Fayetteville. Uh, yeah. Nobody knows about that because, you know, it really didn't, it wasn't really that successful. But uh, so I, I made that academy my first year at a barber school. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I told you I was growing an online audience already, growing a lot of followers from being a barber. So and I started teaching a little bit and wanted to monetize my craft and, and give everybody an opportunity to learn from me no matter where they're at. And I built the online academy while I was in Fayetteville with uh, my, my guy, Wayne. And, you know, it was just the two of us that put together the website. He had, like, his assistant help us out, too. And, you know, we built the site, but it was Wayne's first project like that. It was my right. first project. It just wasn't a lot of experience in that lane. And we learned a lot from it, but the site just wasn't able to, you know, have a great user experience. Right. And we ran into a lot of issues. We tried to do too much in the beginning. And, you know, for me, I learned that simplicity wins in, in my brand especially so I try to make things as simple as I can whenever it comes out to products or, or you know, projects. So we did the Academy the first time. Uh, we, we totally bombed it. I would say, like, you know, it definitely it, it did good for a little bit. But, yeah, man, just 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 not the best work, you know, ended up scrapping it. And when I came out to Atlanta, I had thoughts of, you know, relaunching it. And I started working on it, you know, at the end of, like, 2019. And some people think I just launched it for, for the pandemic, but literally the timing was just so perfect that it was already something I launched before. I took it down, you know, it was not doing well. And I decided to rework on it. And as I'm working on it, the world started to shut down, but I'm ready to launch. So I launched it at the time of the pandemic and I gave a lot of people an opportunity while they're sitting down to still learn and, and grow the career. So, you know, it, it was just something that I've always had, you know, in, in my arsenal and, you know, just perfecting over the last year still revamping it all the time, still always shooting new content, but um, it's just trying to show other people how to, how to branch off and, and, and monetize on their craft without having to actually do their craft anymore. So, you know, would you rather 
do one haircut for a hundred dollars or exactly charge, you know 50 people 50 dollars on how to do a hundred dollar haircut mm-hmm. so like you know how do you expand and get out from being this traditional barber so i look at ways that you could teach other people how to win you know still fulfill my purpose i'm still teaching and, and helping people grow but i'm also being smart as a businessman and making sure that my time is going to be worth it wherever i'm at you know so i stopped trading off my time for for doing a haircut you know i, I don't really take appointments anymore at all like for me to cut now, it's got to be based off relationship or, you know, opportunity to network is not my moneymaker anymore. So now I look at it as an opportunity to grow my brand. Well, you know, um, I think everybody gets to that, especially when you work as hard as we do. You get to a place where I know at least for me it was like, I got to change my approach. Um, you know, I, th- I remember turning my consultancy to an agency. I'm a tech, so it was all growth marketing. It's all setting up all that stuff that you guys created. Like everybody used to come to me and be like, how do I do this? How do I do that? I'm like, I don't have time for this, you know? And I turned into an agency. And then besides that, having like multiple different streams of income, uh, but really the game changer was when you start thinking about your time and your approach um, and what's working, what starts to work for you versus you starting to work, stopping working for everything. Um, Time is everything. Time is everything. And the better relationship you have with yourself. And what am I doing with my day? I started, man, I went as far as I'm going to audit every day of the week. I'm going to journal every single thing throughout the day. I want to find where I'm wasting time. I want to know why I'm wasting time. (laughs) I mean, I went through a self audit. It's probably about two and a half, three years ago. It's brutal, bro. It was brutal. I was like, I used to this concept called like the perfect day. Yeah. uh, Yep. I would ideal the perfect day, work on it for three months, and then revamp it as I as yep. I grow into the new routine, and I will continue to make my day like as efficient as I could. Yo, it's uh, so you talk about signs, right? So there you go. It's, it's cool. So uh, I revamped it a whole bunch of stuff. Here's a sign, perfect. I just finished a uh, average perfect. Well, the one I guess I was taught was average perfect day. Um, and uh, man, it was like about 27 questions. I had to journal them all the way through. Really go through every part of the day. Cool thing was it was nice to notice that like there's already certain elements of that that already actually exist. I was like, oh, all right, cool. You take all of that stuff, then you go onto the big whiteboards and you're like, all right, in each area, like, all right, if that's the end result, and this is where I'm currently at, and these are all the assets I'm playing with that in that in that area, in health and in finances and in you know, uh, you know, whatever, like in life, personal life, all these things, and you get to see like where you are and where you're heading. And you're like, cool. What do I tweak in my schedule daily? that the behavior is in alignment with, you know, how I'm making decisions right over there. And it's great, but it's, it's a, I mean, it's a, it's for me, it was a massive exercise um, of another layer. And I'm like, perfect. I love this stuff. And it was cool. It was also cool to kind of see like, oh, thank God, like I've already been kind of moving in some of those areas and already setting them up. But I would say what gets you, got you here, right? Not, and that's not my line, but what got you here won't get you there. So it's like, you have to keep, every time I get to a new step, I'm like, let me make some calls, some very smart people who keep helping me. Let me call my tax dude. <laughs> let me call my. Let me call like my. You know my my nutritionist. Let me do this. I'm like, what do I need to do next so I can be grounded and smart? I want like you tell me what I don't know. You know, so that level up is real, man. Hey, man uh, yeah. uh, what do you, and what do you got coming up? Like what's what's uh, what's happening now? That's like you're really excited about. Man, I think what I got going on now, I can't really. It's too early to announce, but okay. Just, just expanding, man. Just working as an entrepreneur, you know, content is a big focus of mine. Yeah. Uh, trying to push more of, you know, how I got, you know, who, what the person was behind me getting to where I'm at. I think that's super important. So 
trying to highlight more of that versus like me just doing a fade or, or cutting somebody. I want to show more of like myself and keep growing in that lane. But, you know, I got a lot of content ideas, man. And I've just been focused on building the personal brand, but everything's been good, man. I got a lot of physical projects coming towards the end of the year for, for a lot of my supporters. So definitely like things that I got cooking that, you know, again, I can't announce yet, but um, man, I, I got a lot, you know, like I said, my focus was to grow as an entrepreneur and show people how to win and expand their brand. So I'm doing exactly that. And I think the end of this year will really make a statement on like this guy's, you know, a little bit more than just a barber. So uh, that's kind of what my focus is going into the end of the year. Way more, brother. Way, I mean, we're all more than one thing anyways. It's something that I preach heavily, but you're way, way, you've already demonstrated um, how much more you are than a barber. And uh, by the way, that, that advice back at the beginning was genius about uh, Barbara, like you'll never be out of work. That's that's a true statement right there. That was like that's a genius thing to be have been told because like that's true, you know. Um, but uh, where where can like where can everybody find you online? Where can they find out about your academy? Everything. Everything is Vic Blends. V I C B L E N D S. VicBlends dot com. You know, Vic Blends across all socials. No Z's, no underscores, no numbers. Like just. Big lens, V-I-C-B-L-E-N-D-S, yeah. Man, I really appreciate you being on the show. And I tell this to every guest that comes on. It's a journey-driven podcast. So you want to come back on, you know, two months from now, six months from now, a year from now, life changes fast. Projects keep, you know, uh, building up. People come back on. I've had a few times they come back on a second time. One or two actually came back on a third. <laughs> so some might make it a tradition every year. Uh, you know, you're welcome back on anytime, brother, for real. Appreciate that, man. They're definitely, they're definitely gonna come back on, man. I'm about growing relationships, not just starting them. So yeah, you know, definitely, I gotta get, I gotta get some done. So I come back with some fresh shit, man. I appreciate, man. Absolutely, you're welcome back on anytime. And hang back for one second. I'll, I'll connect with you here offline in a second. But for everybody listening, yo, everybody, go check out Vic Blends at V I C B L E N D S. But you guys will see in the show notes. You'll see me continuously promote them on uh, at my at Matt Goddessman. Um, so I first started following him or at HDF magazine, uh, or at hustle sold separately or at any of the brands at this point, I'm trying to, you know, I got to give a shout to some of the, some of the peeps behind me that have been like, actually really helped me lately. Um, but, uh, you know, be sure to check him out, support him, ask questions. If you want to learn about his Academy, please do so. If you reach out to him, you know, I always say be respectful because like, you know, time is not always easy for a lot of people, but he's a very interactive individual just like, you know, several of the other guests have, right? So like, just, you know, <laughs> show grace is what I always tell, you know? And uh, I appreciate each and every one of you guys, um, you know, and thank you for all the feedback and the reviews and everything. I mean, it means a lot. It absolutely means a lot. Um, you know, we continue to grow. I appreciate each and every one of you guys for Vic Blends, for myself, Matt Gottesman, and for the Hustle Sold Separately. We are out.